Welcome to Intropod, a podcast by Intropride where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. I'm Michelle Miao, your host. Our hearts are broken for all those affected by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We've reached out to our community in Ukraine who give us insight as to what's happening as well as recommendations on how we can all come together to support. We've also checked in with the immigrant community in America whose family are affected and they too have ideas of how we can all help. There are several different ways in which you can help support Ukraine. For those who wish to make a donation, you can do that by visiting interpride.org and donating to our Solidarity Fund. We'll also list some direct ways you can support throughout this episode. Also, if you download all the songs featured in this episode, proceeds will benefit Ukraine through organizations such as Ukraine Pride and Kiev Pride. We stand with all of Ukraine. We begin this episode with a conversation between members of LGBT Association Liga of Ukraine, Ivan Tereshuk and Andriy Zaritsky, about what's happening in Ukraine and how the LGBTQIA community is responding to the crisis. Ukrainian-American LGBTQ activist Leo Volobrinsky translates Ivan's comments. My name is uh, Andrei Zaritsky, LGBT Association Liga. I work in Mykolaiv and in Kyiv and pronounce he, him. Tell us how you are. What is your current situation? What is happening? How is what's happening affecting you personally? Uh, Military-wise, the situation in Odessa in particular is, is somewhat... Uh, quiet. Uh, there are no uh, major attacks like in some other cities in Ukraine, but there are periodic bombings from the uh, Navy of, of Navy fleet of Russian Federation. But uh, the Ukrainian counterattacks in, in, in from Odessa seem to be handling it and protecting Odessa well. The economic situation, on the other hand, is a lot more dire. A lot of people have lost their jobs. A lot of businesses have closed. Uh, a lot of the uh, clients and um, people who received various services of this organization are, you know, without uh, financial means uh, to survive. And uh, it is incredibly difficult. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I can say that. The situation in Mykolaiv and in Kyiv and probably Kherson too, it's similar because in Mykolaiv, for instance, um, the Russian troops periodically bomb and, uh, you know, shell the city. Um, lately, they try to aim the living quarters where people live. Many of my friends also have lost their jobs and the economy is also like really wonky. Uh, the prices have risen twice or three times, even more. Um, people are afraid and like only today we spoke to a couple of friends and they had to stay in a bomb shelter for more than a day because um, the shelling didn't stop or, you know, the alarm didn't stop. So, yeah, it, the situation is really difficult and it's it's really, really like... There are bad days and there are worse days. What was the immediate response from activists such as yourselves 
to address like what people really need? So what Ivan says is that, well, first he's reflecting on, on the personal reaction. Uh, and even though there were talks and there was a certain level of expectation of this possibly happening since the events of 2014 and the constant confrontation, you know, with, with Russia. So it was looming. But when it actually happened, uh, it was still a shock. It was it was an unbelievable shock. And uh, he basically woke up one day from the sound of uh, bombings um, and shelling. And it was a shock and it was unexpected. And there was this feeling of disbelief. What are these sounds? And then the understanding came what they were. And as for the reaction of, of everyone in the country, uh, including activists, including LGBTQ organizations, is that everyone sort of cut themselves together very quickly and started acting in every way they could. And this has continued. And what's being done was, you know, help was provided and money's been being raised. And the support comes from various local activists. It comes from abroad, comes from, well, people like me, I guess, too. And, you know, money's being... Uh, raised and they're trying their best to provide help and it became a, a moment of unity for everyone moment of unity that he didn't expect but is you know very positively overwhelmed by and um everyone pulled together and the money is uh, the money they've been raising is helping everyone they've been able to help ukrainian military forces as well as the community and people in need uh andre well my first reaction was disbelief um it was about 5 a.m uh when my friend called me and told me that he heard some bombings in Nikolaev city um at the military airport i didn't actually believe that it happened but i saw like this you know like it looked like a dawn or something like during the night you can see this light somewhere far away from you that was really weird and i didn't really believe that it happened and then we heard the sounds of the actual bombing when our military forces tried to repel their drones like russian drones um and the sound the ultrasound i, I think um of, of the planes that was also scary. Then we like we felt shocked. We were shocked because of what was happening. And I, I also agree with Ivan um, about the fact that many people try to help each other uh, during the first days. Uh, like people who don't even know each other, they try to provide some shelter to other people who were trying to flee the city when they knew that everything started. Um, you know, the activists, they also proposed their houses, uh, especially those who had uh, bomb, shel uh, bomb shelters. Our office opened its doors for, for, for the community members who came to the office. So yeah, it was the first, the first feeling, the first emotion we felt, I think it was shock because we didn't really believe that it started. And as Ivan said, we knew that it could be coming, the war, uh, but no one i think that no one wanted to believe that it was actually happening um, i think that in in our times you actually have to be insane to start a war when i mean many countries are for human rights 
and this is like the basic right which is violated and it's it's just really it's really i don't know scary i guess if you wanted to support lgbtq in ukraine how do you verify that that's actually happening mm -hmm. let me translate this is a great answer how how do we make sure and how do they make sure that the, the help goes to the LGBTQ people in particular? So what they're doing on their end is that they're uh, they're IDing people uh, who are LGBTQ because you can uh, fill out the form and ask for help from Liga, but how do they know that this is LGBTQ person, right? So they do that through various ways. They do that through friends, uh, through the community. Uh, uh, they do this through organizational affiliations. So if somebody is already a member of, of another organization, and they also ask for two recommendations uh, for, for somebody new who is seeking help from somebody who is already a member or somebody who is already known. So they're asking for people to recommend the new person. On their questionnaires, on their forms, they also have questions that you can answer to identify yourself as LGBTQ. But, you know, they're doing other things just to confirm that the help goes in the right hands. Now, as far as other organizations and what they're doing, LGBTQ organizations, there are various organizations in the country. Just geographically, there is a difference because some of them are in the war zone, some of them are uh, in places that are relatively safer. So they're doing slightly different work just based on the geographical location and what's needed. Some organizations just focus on helping with relocation within the country, just relocating people from the war zone to, to a safer area in the country. It's so far it's been the west of the country. Uh, some organizations help with uh, setting up shelters in, in safer parts of the country for those to come and stay. Some help with direct help, financial food and medication and, and legal advice and psychological help. It has been difficult because there were issues with homophobia in Ukraine before, obviously not as bad as Russia, but, but there were problems, there are serious problems. I mean, there is no marriage equality, for example, in Ukraine, among other things. And if before the war, you could still sort of get something out of police, you could get them to listen, to help sometimes. Right now, the only answer you get from the police when something bad happens is, look, this is not the time, there are more important things to worry about. And, you know, a, a single uh, problem, a single person's issue, a single person's life, even sometimes, that doesn't take priority over, you know, the lives of many. In this climate, it's been a lot more difficult to get justice for LGBTQ people. So every organization is trying their best. So one of the advice is to try to find out what the organization is doing exactly. And, and where it's going and how they're verifying that it's going into the right hands. You know, I would simplify it, you know, get your receipts, <laughs> uh, so to speak. And in particularly Liga, their organization, so he speaks for what they do. What they're doing is they provide shelter in Odessa for refugees on their way from the war zone to either the safer part of the country or abroad. Odessa is on the way uh, to the border. It's one of the cities pretty close to the 
western border of Ukraine. And this shelter is temporary, so people can stay there for a few days, regroup, and move further wherever they're going. Uh, what else they're doing is that they provide direct financial help for LGBTQ community, and people can sign up for it, as well as uh, food. Uh, that's being provided also for people who sign up. Drugs, medications, some legal help in this climate that's very much needed. And they try to keep going their health services that they had in peace times. So they're trying to keep that going. So that's what they're doing. So basically, we try to help LGBT people from the south of Ukraine, uh, the cities and the regions that you have already mentioned. But of course, if other people also apply for support, we either try to help them or we redirect them to the other organizations like Cave Pride, like Gender Z, uh, like Fulcrum and other organizations. Um, I also wanted to add that homophobia, I think, was always an issue in Ukraine. But much of that homophobic mood came from Russia because there were many different organizations which taught young people how to hunt uh, homosexual people in Ukraine. And the first one was the guy who called himself himself to Tisak, that was the Occupy Pedophili um, sort of organization. It was a group. They hunted um, mostly gay men, pretending that they're fighting pedophilia, but they were actually just trying to punish homosexual men. And after that, being an LGBT person in Ukraine became, became sort of dangerous because if you openly state your opinion about homosexual or any other sexual orientation or, you know, any identity, you could be another victim of that organization or any other that came after that. But now I've heard many times that like Russians, they have some sort of lists of um, active LGBT people in Ukraine that they need to attack when they, um, when they, invade our country. So I know that people mostly saying that LGBT issues or human rights are not it's, are not really important right now because the war, it's about everyone, uh, no matter what orientation or identity a person is. I also partially agree with that opinion, but I also want to disagree because being an, an active LGBT person in our country, especially when the Russian Federation is invading it, I think it, it makes LGBT activists more open to threats and more visible, like they, we, are, we should be afraid of what the Russians could do to us too. Um, so I think that, you know, it depends, I guess, on, on different circumstances right now. Uh, also to add about who to help at this, at this point, I wanna tell you that I think LGBT organizations are the first point um, where the funding should come because we work in Ukraine for like many years, like Liga, for instance, it's one of the oldest organizations in Ukraine. Um, this year we are actually 20, 26 years old. And there are many other organizations who are close to that, to that age too, like 25, 24 years old. So we know our community, we know the people we work with, and we have the means to actually say that the person who asked for help is really a member of the community. Of course, there are different funds in, in Ukraine too who support both LGBT community and men who have sex with men. And I specifically state that because 
Um, Ukraine does not have specific programs on supporting the LGBT community, but they have a national HIV prevention program, which is aimed at MSM or men having sex with men. Um, some of the funds, of so the national funds in Ukraine, um, they can also support the LGBT community. But as I said already, LGBT organizations are the one, the ones who actually are in contact with the community itself. Um, and of course, in this difficult period, it's it could be harder to obtain like the receipts, which you said already. But we're trying to do everything to le legitimize all of the costs we're spending on on everyone. So we're not forgetting any rules or you know any regulations which our, for instance, our organization has, because we understand that at some point we'll have to report everything that we do, and of course that people are afraid that the money are getting somewhere else instead of helping the community, and we're trying to prove that what we do is, is is real and we provide actual help as for uh, for the other things um i think that Ivan told most of the things what we do um i also want to add that we are in constant communication and contact with other organizations like key pride for instance and the form uh, which people fill in for financial support uh, if I'm not mistaken, we're coordinating this uh, with the Kiev Pride too. How do you think this will change you, affect you, uh, and also the impact on your community? What is your hope? Um, Ivan says that they are actually very hopeful. And uh, as far as dreams and hopes and change, they're actually seeing it already. Some of the radicals, in, ra radical homophobes in Ukraine, uh, they have various ways of communicating with, you know, their supporters and like-minded people. And there are a few uh, well-known chats and there is an organization that's well-known in Ukraine, an, an anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ homophobic organization called Catharsis. And uh, he's been following communications in their chat rooms that are quite popular. And the information that's being posted there is that LGBTQ people are fighting in the war, which is which is true. A lot of LGBTQ people enlisted. They they are in the army right now. They are in the front and they are fighting for their country. And it's being posted there. And the owners of the chat, the you know the leaders of the organization, they try to present it in negative light, still saying that you know basically along the lines of what do we need with those people, right? But the comments, the comments that used to be historically inherently negative, they're changing. There are a lot of comments in these groups uh, from people who are saying, no, come on, stop with that. This is, this is good. This is much better. LGBTQ people are fighting and defending us, unlike, you know, some straight people who are sitting at home and, and you know, hiding. So this, this is a good thing. And things like that that are popping up are giving him a lot of hope because he sees opinions changing already. And among just, you know, regular people as well, and this also gives him a lot of hope for the after the war legislative boom. He's very hopeful because in just recent days, they've come so close to 
so much closer to the Re European Union. A lot of people have come closer to understanding Western and European values and, and human rights values. So some of the laws and legislative activity that until now has been just a pipe dream, they're, they're becoming a lot more uh, attainable and tangible uh, because of the moods changing in, in the community and among citizens of Ukraine. Andre? Um, yeah, I also wanted to say that I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful and I believe that we will, this, we, we will win this war because Ukrainian, Ukrainians, we are open-minded we are strong at heart we we have you know brilliant minds and we're strong we have strong spirits and i think that with this war we actually showed that and everyone those who fight at the front those who stay at home and help in, in any other possible way i can see many of my lgbt friends standing at the front and fighting for this country and I can see the post that heterosexual people are writing on Facebook or Instagram or any other social network. People are seeing us, LGBT community, and they can see that we're also staying at the front and helping and fighting. And I think that this is important because uh, everyone saw, including the Russians, you know, that when we stay together, uh, we are much stronger. And, you know, it's it's a brilliant thing that we are this strong and i'm really proud uh, to be ukrainian actually because we're showing this to everyone and it's really important also to get support from the outside like most of the world supports us at this moment someone with kind words someone provides like shelters and food and medicine and funding and i think that this all of this actually helps us to stand still i mean not still to stand and to stand out and to fight so i think that all of this and all of this like strength that we have that will help us to win
That was Plive Kacha, performed by non-binary artist Iyibra. The song means the duckling swims. It's a traditional Ukrainian folk song warning about the risk of warfare. Please download this song on Bandcamp. All proceeds will benefit Ukraine Pride. Our next speaker is Leo Volobrinsky, an LGBTQ activist and Ukrainian-American from San Francisco who has organized his own fundraisers that have directly helped many families in Ukraine. He shares his personal thoughts on how we can be effective when giving and helping. Hi, my name is Leo Volobrinsky, he, him, and I am an American-Ukrainian who is, uh, for the past 20 years, I've been a member of the LGBTQIA community and organized labor community in San Francisco Bay Area. I immigrated with my parents, you know, in search of a better life. Things were tough back home, but I did that after I got already involved in some uh, political organizing and community organizing back in Ukraine at a very early age. So that's how I ended up in San Francisco. And San Francisco was always the goal because uh, it was well known that it was such an island of freedom and democracy specifically for uh, LGBT people. It's a very different, difficult headspace because you're not there you feel helpless, you, you feel terrified for people you know that are under attack 
for places you love, places where you grew up. I, I love sharing examples. One of the stories I heard recently was my cousin who is in Kiev, a great friend of mine, uh, an activist, was very involved in uh, the Orange Revolution, for those of you who know what that is in, in Ukraine. And she told me a story that when the attacks started, when Russia invaded, uh, she has a neighbor who's 95 years old. Uh, she lives alone. Neighbors help her. And she was just devastated uh, Thursday and Friday uh, about what's happening. And she lived through the German, through the Nazi occupation of Kiev old enough to remember the Second World War. And my cousin told me that uh, third day of the invasion, she actually woke up and she saw her in the courtyard of the apartment building and she wasn't laying down anymore. She wasn't you know, holding her heart. She was trying to get neighbors together and make a plan of what they could do to defend their building, to defend their city, to defend their country, uh, how they could raise money or get food for people who are fighting. And, and she was trying to organize that, a uh, 95-year-old woman. So that really gives me hope for my people. And at the same time, it's breaking my heart. I, I have a lot of family there. When the TV tower in Kiev was bombed yesterday morning, our morning, we have 10 hours difference. Uh, my uncle, uh, who lives a few blocks away from that place, a lot of people may have heard that, you know, they missed the tower, but instead they bombed the Holocaust Memorial, one of the biggest Holocaust memorials, actually, uh, in all of post-Soviet space. Uh, it was one of the largest massacres there in Kiev. And when it got bombed, you know, my uncle uh, texted me saying goodbye because they're so close, their house, their apartment building shook so hard, he thought that was it. So this, this is the kind of nightmare that all of us who, who are here, uh, immigrants in the United States and have family and friends in Ukraine, this is the kind of nightmare we live with every day. And the only thing that helps is trying to do something. So what I've been doing is trying to verify websites that uh, my family tells me in Ukraine uh, that they, they see them on the ground. They're actually helping. Like, like UNICEF, like Red Cross, the main uh, bank of Ukraine that's directly uh, collecting money for the army of Ukraine that's fighting. And, you know, I'm starting my own fundraiser to send money to my friends who are leaders, members of the community, my family members who are involved. You know, just $100 helps. If I can wire it directly into the bank account, which I can to my cousin in Kiev, um, she's going to go and buy food for that 95-year-old neighbor of hers who is trying to rally the troops of her apartment building. So that's been keeping me alive, really, for the last few days. So we're talking about Ukraine and the fear of, really, Third World War, and all of us hoping that that's not going to happen. So my advice, my last words today is don't just take to Facebook and start yelling at those uh, or typing rather at those who support Russia or, or who disagree with you or who think this is not a big enough problem or whatever little things. Because remember, always remember, this is what the enemy wants. We have enemies in our own country. We have Putin as an enemy. We have a lot of enemies. This is what the enemy wants. The enemy wants to divide. 
the enemy wants us to argue amongst ourselves. So for your sake and for the sake of Ukrainian people and for the sake of peace everywhere, if you care about something, reach out to people who you trust, who you have similar thoughts about with and similar, similar outlook on life who will care about this. As simple as, you know, ask them to donate to Red Cross and call them and get them to say yes. Ask them how they feel about this. Ask them what they're scared about. And if you can get 10 people to donate to Red Cross in Ukraine, you've already helped. And when you talk to them, ask them to do the same. This is how you grow. This is how you build a movement. This is how you accomplish things. Not, not by quarreling with, with somebody on Facebook, not by alienating you know, uh, supporters. I want to leave everybody with, with this thought. Do something. Call someone. You'll feel good about it. And thank you if you do, from the bottom of my heart. проще где с каждым днем ночи пройдут короче темные дни не доведут до рая темные сны не станут ярче краще только бы ты только бы я только мы были бы ближе быстрее вместе если бы ты или бы я переменили места и встречи Можно и нужно во всем и сразу Ты только воздух и призвук Забытые снова где-то Мысли мыслями, которые мы Потеряли внутри Не нашли еще вчера случайно Тени тенями, которые нас Все преследуют нас Не нашли еще, не взяли тело И самый лучший тоже Смысл уйдет И не вернется может Время беда Не пощадит ни смелых Мы навсегда И безнадежно верим Только бы ты Только бы я Только мы были бы ближе Быстрее вместе Если бы ты Hello everyone, my name is Iggy, pronounce he, him, and I'm a singer, songwriter, drag queen, and comedian from Moscow, Russia, now live in San Francisco, California.
I was born in Ukraine, so I have a lot of relatives out there at the moment. I'm constantly checking in on them, making sure they're doing okay, asking if they need any help. I think the main feeling I'm experiencing at the moment is anger more than anything. I truly believe both countries suffer a lot from the actions of the current Russian president. And this damage is just something that cannot be repaired easily in the future. If I could give any advice to people, I would advise to try and watch less news. It's something that I'm trying to do myself as well. Um, every news is just so different and you never know where the truth is. So I would just not believe everything you hear on all ends. I donate my songs to Interpod because I truly appreciate this cause. And I would love to help my birth country as much as possible. Music for me is like an alternative reality that we can all escape to, dig into deep into our souls, and discover ourselves a little better. Moving to the States uh, helped me to be more daring about my music, and it's just something that I could never done in Russia. And I think freedom of expression is just a vital piece of our existence and something that helps us to grow within ourselves and in society. Thank you so much, Iggy. Iggy's new song, Wonderland, is out now, and you can download it on Apple Music. Remember, all downloads will benefit Ukraine. Please also support the work of our LGBTQIA artists. There are several organizations who are mobilizing to support Ukraine. One in particular, Warsaw Pride, has developed a specific website partnering with neighboring LGBTQ organizations to help on all fronts, including relocation. Here's president of Warsaw Pride, Julia Maciocha. Hi, my name is Julia. I'm using the pronouns she, her, and I'm the president of Warsaw Pride in Poland. From my point of view, what I'm hearing from my friends is how it's difficult for them to deal with the situation, how they are scared, but also maybe pessimistic right now, they feel uh, about the future. So what we are trying to do, of course, we can't simply say, oh, it's going to get better if you are in the middle of crisis. So what I'm hearing from them is that they don't want to hear anymore, how are you? They just simply uh, would like to be able to express what is really happening to them. And the questions of how do you feel, they are not helping. The better question is, what can I do to help? I think that both prides in Kyiv and Kharkov, they are doing the best they can. Of course, they are making the fundraisers for the military uh, because this is, as far as I know, the basic need right now is to support people with um, equipment, but also they are um, the channel of communication to all of the people from the whole country, the one that are staying and just need a group support and just to talk to someone but also the ones that are trying to flee the country, to move to another country, to cross the border. Uh, so I think that they are doing tremendous work. Uh, I can't imagine being in their position. Just I feel really, really proud uh, that I can call some of them my friends. So as far as we are concerned right now, uh, the worst situation is to actually get help inside the country. Um, it's really easy right now to help people that are crossing the border whenever they are in Poland or in any other country. 
we can do a lot. We have many activists on the ground. We have many funds that we can use. The problem is to actually enter the country, go deep into the country and provide the support that they need. Mm, what we are facing right now and what we are focusing right now is how can we make sure that the proper medication, not only for trans people, but general for people, uh, can be provided to different cities that are under the occupation. And on the border, on the other hand, what we are facing is a huge transphobia because of course people, um, trans women that uh, haven't changed the documents cannot cross the border, cannot escape the war. And the other thing is, of course, racism at the border of Poland, but also of, of other countries. Non-white people have more difficulties to actually escape the war. And this is something that we are not very proud of, of course. This is something that many NGOs are working here in Poland. How can we provide help also to people that are not Ukrainian citizens and they also would like to escape um, and be, be safe. In Poland, we managed to do a mutual website. It's called ukraine.equalityparade.eu. I can share the link, of course. It's a website that contains all of the organizations around the whole country and what support they can provide for people, for LGBTQ people, um, whenever they are going to stay uh, or just for, for a long time or just for a second in these uh, different cities. I would say that we are pretty well prepared. Uh, we, have, we are able to provide psychological help, of course, legal help. Uh, we managed to provide trans people with medication they need. Um, it is possible to uh, access medical help whether you are a cisgender person or trans person. We are, um, this is something I love the most, we are providing housing in the safe spaces uh, with LGBTQ community members. So to make sure that the per that person uh, can feel safe. What we are thinking for the future is how can we actually help these people in a longer term? So how can we help them to find job, for example? or to move to another country if they wouldn't like to stay uh, in Poland. So I think that we are pretty well prepared. We are pretty well equipped. And uh, what is also very characteristic about Poland that we already had um, a huge Ukrainian diaspora in Poland. So we already have Ukrainian LGBTQ people that were living in Poland for the last two years. So they can also be like a great support uh, for these people um, to, to just simply explain where to eat, where to go, where to, where to buy clothes. It's sometimes uh, the simplest questions uh, that they can, they can answer. And also, of course, they speak the language, so it makes it easier to communicate. We created a website, um, but we are not the only one. Every, um, every state in the region of, of Region of Eight is doing tremendous work. So we are in cooperation with Czech Republic, with Slovakia, with Hungary, with Romania. Uh, every of this country have their own websites and we are linking each other, I would say, uh, to make sure that people uh, can obtain the best support and get 
just information about how to uh, flee the country, what do they need? Of course, I would like to express that they don't need anything. They don't have to have documents or anything. Uh, it's under the international law that they have to be provided with help right now. Uh, I also would like to say support financially Kyiv Pride. They are doing amazing job and they will need this money not only now, but also in future uh, when they are going to rebuild the community. Um, so I know it's hard sometimes to hear because everyone would like to just jump in and do something and use their own hands. Uh, but sometimes all we can do is to prepare for the future and to make sure that in the future, we are going to be best prepared. This feeling I get That no one should get I'm falling to pieces deep down into depth Complaining too much And foreign too much I'm going to places that no one should touch It could be tricky, it could be real Could be funny when no one's here Set you free from the darkest dreams Show you places the men never seen This person you see Will set all us free Remember the future where no one could be Betraying too much And playing too much We run from our freedom that no one should touch You can have flame in the every dust There's no more season to wait to rust I'll set you free for the darkest times Show you the places beyond this side This feeling I get Get. That no one should get Get. I'm falling to pieces deep down into Complaining too much, much And foreign too much, much I'm going to places that no one should touch It could be tricky, it could be real Could be funny when no one's here I'll set you free from the darkest dreams Show you places the men never seen Falling, 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 falling for you. 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 Falling, 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 falling. Thank you so, so much, Iggy C. In this episode, we heard two songs: Thoughts and Falling. Iggy's newest single, Wonderland, is out now and available for download. Remember, all songs downloaded in this episode will benefit Ukraine. Please support the work of our community. Let's take care of one another. Donate to Enterprise Scholarship Fund right now by visiting enterprise.org. Giving our final thoughts is Maxim Potapovich of Kiev Pride. Hi, I'm Maxim Potapovic. I'm a LGBTQI activist uh, from Kiev Pride. My pronouns is he, him. I'm a social media manager of Kiev Pride. I think that not to to be uh, not to be loud and say your uh, words don't be 
silent it's uh, uh, easy, the easiest way you can help and it really helps us to let's say to stay faithfully to believe in our army in our, that we will win and we will win i think for 100 percent so uh, for community you can propose uh, to help with relocation to with money with information just support us because uh, it's really ukraine is fighting uh, with the biggest country in the world and we we save whole europe maybe even world from the russia so ukraine now is the main country that in the world now that uh, stop this and will stop this so uh, help us in any way and it will uh, help you to uh, live in safe country in safe world and uh, it really will, will, will help save democracy Thank you so much for joining us for this special episode on LGBTQ in Ukraine. Please help, please spread the word, please support as much as you can. Head to enterprise.org and donate to our Solidarity Fund or find more information on how you can directly help those who are affected by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I'm Michelle Miao, your host of Interpod, a podcast by Interpride where the world comes together for the LGBTQIA community. 